Allow myself to introduce myself. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. Whoa, this is heavy. There's that word again, heavy. Why are things so heavy in the future? Is there a problem with the Earth's gravitational pull? Are you telling me that this sucker is nuclear? Guess you guys aren't ready for that yet. You've got power! Let's see if you bastards can do 90. You're listening to Philosophize. Great Scott. The weekly show coming to you from deep in the mountains of Colorado. Hello? Hello? Anybody home? Hey, think with flies. So listen up, because we're going to make you laugh, we're going to make you learn, and we're going to make you cry. Here's your host. There's only one man who can help me. Kyle Quayle. Say hi to your mom for me. Hello, men, women, and all you warm-blooded freaks out there, and welcome to the third episode of the podcast form of Philosophize. As always, I'd like to introduce my co-host, Max Marshaz, and he's got a minor in philosophy, and I'm Kyle Quayle, and I've got a minor in my trunk. For our new listeners, I'd like to say Philosophize is just two guys who don't claim to be experts, having at times dumb and at times smart conversation about philosophy and life and all that, and I guess I've listened to other philosophy podcasts, and it can be boring or daunting, in all honesty, too smart for me, probably, so what I want to do is bring philosophical ideas that are so important to people just like me, through laughter, through learning, through loving. Sound about right, Maxie? That sounds dead on. How is your soul today, my friend? Ooh, good question. Um, It's a little raw and tender. I've been going through it, man, but I'm coming out on the other end, and I'm feeling... I've been feeling like grounded in this tenderness at the same time. It's just, we've learned over the years, it's just as important as the the highs are. You're getting to the highs the right way. You're going to have a lot of tenderness. Exactly. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're Russell Wilson, a quarterback, you're going to have, uh, you're going to be three and nine or whatever. It's going to happen in life. No matter the greatest ones go through it. And it's just part of the process. And it's normalizing that. Talk about that a lot in Love in the Brain or other podcasts. But yeah, I've been focusing on this concept of cultivating wholeness. I used to get in my head about like when I wasn't feeling good emotionally like telling myself there's something wrong with me but now it's like oh no i can still have these uncomfortable feelings and be whole and be a human being at the same yeah, time it and is and it's part of the human condition it is and it's i'm noticing i'm making a lot more peace with that instead of like trying to get to the bottom of like well, why do i feel this way what's mm. wrong what's wrong what's wrong and so i'm just like i don't feel good right now and that's okay yes yeah. absolutely and that's going to come up a little teaser later on in the episode hey. we talk about our guy watts and uh, what i'm reading right mm. now mm. today is pretty cool because it's actually the first snowfall of the winter yeah. season and it's beautiful. I love the snow, especially the first mm-hmm. snowfall. And uh, now I live in an apartment building, so I don't even have to shovel. So yes, <laughs> snow and I have a great relationship right now. Um, but interestingly, this is the latest first snowfall in recorded Denver history. Yeah. So yay, climate change or whatever. I'm not. I don't think that has anything to do with it. But pretty, pretty interesting, nonetheless. I would yeah, say. Yeah. I think it. What is it? A record 278 days since the last like accumulated snow that's wild or in denver at least a lot of times late september early october yeah what it did give us though at least in denver we had what i thought was the most beautiful month since i've lived here in in october this year it seemed like upper 60s lower 70s every day it just seems sunny and that's what the great thing about denver versus new jersey is just it gets sunny so quickly yeah a lot of days of sun but um so much back to shoveling i actually i didn't like (laughs) shoveling as a kid but i like it now i actually do miss it a little bit like the last couple uh years i lived in jersey on cotton 
Street, I would shovel and it would be such a good workout. Yeah. That, that cold, uh, like there was like, it just so happened our side street or our street had a lot of the plow would put a lot. So it was okay. really heavy. Yeah. So it took a long time, especially as a kid. Yeah. And I'd, your girlfriend would come do three and then go back in the house. <laughs> so me and my dad would have to do the rest of it. But that's okay. And uh, now after after I embraced it, almost talking about the, the suffering or whatever, mm-hmm. the suffering of actually yeah. picking up the snow and, and right. putting it, going inside once you're done with that. Oh. How good is that feeling? Such a good feeling. Nice cup of warm cocoa, coffee yeah. if you're so inclined, Thought latte, whatever bit. you want. That is such yeah. a good feeling. And that's yeah. a Buddhist thing is pain for pleasure. Exactly. And I, it took me too long to realize that. And then you start embracing that. Mm-hmm. Talk often. I went on a hike in California and then this week in Boulder. And it's just like, I, I always forget just how good I feel after the damn yeah. hikes. I just forget. Yeah. Really. And I have to push myself too. I can't just be like a little 30 minute walker. Right. I still feel better. Right. Yeah. But the feeling I get, again, I have to imagine it's akin to drugs. <laughs> and then we've talked about this on Philosophy before. You put in the work. And you get that natural high off of, right. or you could cheat, like a lot of people do, whether it's through trauma, I'm not judging anybody, mm-hmm. but heroin or whatever they do, it's this very similar feeling, I think. Yeah. And if you put in the work and, and you know, maybe you're not feeling super good, there's times in my hike where I'm like, I want to kill myself, I just want to die. <laughs> yeah, right. And, but it's after that sucks. feeling, it's all worth it. It all feels yeah. so damn good. So no, um, I totally agree. I've been incorporating, just to get a little hit of that throughout my day, is uh Ending my showers with two and a half minutes of a cold shower. Yep. And then when I get out, I feel incredible. Yeah, that's been a staple for a long time. I haven't yeah. done it as much anymore. I used to do that a lot when I lived in hot and down the shore and stuff okay, like that. Yeah. We didn't have air conditioning. It would be, not, it's such a great staple. Everybody knows like a little a bunch of cold water. Even put pouring cold water on my face, just like a little oh, splash yeah. throughout the day and change oh, the yeah. mood up. I found that that works uh, very well. Yeah. Jersey winter was not great um i would just say just because again the first snowstorm was awesome and then it just kind of stayed there forever and it'd be gray it doesn't get the sunny periods like here um but when you're a kid it was amazing obviously it was great no chance of no school which is huge for me uh great memories of throwing snowballs at cars and running (laughs) fantastic story we used to hide behind the stretch of bushes on cotton street facing south plainfield avenue and we would throw snowballs over the bushes at cars of course dangerous but as a a kid it's what i live for it's just the chance of senseless murder i guess but (laughs) anyway one day we decided to fill snowballs with ketchup and mustard it didn't really work we thought it would be perfect it it was kind of messy but i always have to add that into the story but anyway we had a lot of stories of guys chasing us and whatnot, but one that sticks out was Mrs. Palazano. I don't know if her son is listening, but that would be awesome. But uh, that was her name, and she was driving to church past our house. <laughs> Big mistake. And, of course, uh, we hit her because we always targeted mom vans, you know, easy targets. And she knew, obviously, uh, my house and my mom, who belonged to the same church. And when she got to church, she called my mom and said what happened. And so, unbeknownst to me, at this point, my mom is on her way home to punish me, yell at me probably, but not quick enough because when church was over, Miss Palazano drove past our house going, the other way and after she called my mom and we fucking nailed her again so that's my favorite thing in the world i got grounded for two weeks it was so worth it at the time that's amazing did a lot of dumb things but i don't know it's it's part of being a kid right we, every, we all do dumb things yes of course they could have the tragedy you think of a lot of people will go the fear that oh my god they could have crashed and died they didn't they didn't okay yeah. you know you don't want to do that as, as older i definitely have a fa- uh, fantasize about driving now and getting nailed by snowballs by a bunch of kids and then getting out and just having a snowball fight i think that would be amazing um max i know you're not quite as how do i put it maybe immature as me uh (laughs) but did you do anything like that crazy as a kid that you're you can't believe it now is there anything that pops up to you that it's like wow i can't believe of course that you want to disclose through through, through your podcast (laughs) air we we all know it's a good question we definitely threw snowballs at cars yeah and and stuff but my uh it was difficult. My mom worked in the school system. Oh, so if okay. I, Teacher's kid. And my grandmother was a principal. So if I got caught, it was seconds before 
somebody got a gust of wind and the scent and right. me like yeah rice. that's a good point so you just so knew was, you were gonna be in trouble i was naturally inclined to kind of be on the study path yeah it's kind of who you are anyway but the crazy uh the, i guess the craziest thing i've done was my going into my sophomore year of high school that summer before um my a friend of mine or we're no longer friends anymore i haven't seen him in ages mm. but uh, we broke into the house across the street from me because we got into the habit of going into all the abandoned places. Oh, yeah, it's always People a staple, left yeah. cool shit behind, so we were like, oh. I was like, hey, I got a great idea. The people who lived across the street just moved out. Let's break in. <laughs> Perfect. So we like ran around the house, played ding-dong ditch, knocked on all the windows. I hoisted them up through the bathroom window and ran around to the other side, and I heard, what are you doing? And I looked, and somebody had bought the home before I knew it. <laughs> oh, wow, that. quick turnaround. The guy was yeah. just sleeping uh, uh, in there on an uh. air mattress. And I was like, oh, shit. So I ran kids. to the other side of the hill and like watched what happened. And he was like, he went to let, uh, Justin was the kid's name, he went to let Justin out. And then he closed the door. He's like, no, you know what? I'm going to let the cops handle this. And I was right across the street, so I ran over to my yeah. mom and was like, I was like, you know what? It's probably better that I wake her up than the police. So yeah, good point. I woke her up and I was like, Mom, Justin's in the house across the street. She was like, what? <laughs> it was like 3 o'clock in the yeah, morning. Yeah, She's yeah. like, what are you talking oh, about? Oh, it was like, like 3 in the morning. Yeah. Wow. She, it, was, uh, it was late. And then the cops showed up and it was uh, it was a mess. The, the, they did the good cop, bad cop routine. So the yeah, bad cop I walked up well. to me Too well. and he was like, he goes, how old are you, son? And I was like, 16. He goes, you trying to finish school? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And he was like, you want to go to juvie? And I was like, no. Not really. <laughs> uh, but there was, like, we didn't have a record. We couldn't, we weren't going anywhere. No, it's a victim. You didn't, yeah. guys didn't do anything. Yeah. You're just looking he didn't for want good to press charges, fun. but. Yeah, it's just probably alarming yeah. to him three in the morning. I think he doesn't the, know who. The, the, the following story that was maybe a couple years later, which I think was funnier for the guy whose house we broke into, he was out working on his home and I had just gotten my driver's license and was, uh, I thought I saw my friends. I lived right across the street from uh, elementary school, and I could see the playground from my house. And I thought I saw my friends playing lacrosse over there. So I took looked away from uh, the wind, uh, the, my view in front of me, and while I was driving. And when I looked back, I slammed into the next door's neighbor mail mailbox. Oh yeah! Broke it. Got out of the car, and um, the neighbor across the street whose house he broke into looks at me and he goes, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> yeah, he's only seen you do criminal things. Yeah, right. <laughs> mail time. Like, what's the hell is this guy's deal? He broke yeah. in my house. He's destroyed the neighbor's mailbox. There's definitely a lot of people in my life who have only known me through crazy <laughs> yeah, acts. Right. They're probably like, "Who the fuck is this kid?" Yeah. And it's all weird shit, like yeah. crashing my car, not racing anything, it's like, uh, trespassing on places that have no business being trespassed. Right. And I, it's funny. I have the people perceptions that they right. have of us are so unique right. and so different so different from who we are as people exactly but getting back to even talking about kids i had a another thing on the on the flight out to we had an awesome thanksgiving in yeah. california and on the flight i had i love like i've just had this like i don't know about being 30 or whatever my dad was this old when he had me i'm having yeah. this like just want to be around kids and i don't have that opportunity that much so i, right. I got to talking to this little girl who's so cute so good on the flight and I don't remember what I asked her. I said, I just said, like, nice, awesome game you're playing. Did you do good? Like, did you win and stuff like that? Yeah. And her little brother looks at her <laughs> and then looks at me and then looks at her. It must have been four years old. Looks at me and goes, you really shouldn't talk to strangers. And it was the cutest <laughs> fucking thing I've ever heard. But it's a weird concept, right? It because is, I, yeah. you could, like, I, my intentions are so pure. I want right. to, like, entertain this yeah. girl and be entertained by her as well and, and and just have this thing. So we teach the kids to not talk to strangers. And I don't know if that's a great, uh, yeah. there needs to be a little Stranger more nuance. Danger. I think is more... kids are don't get in cars with a stranger yeah, right. don't expect yeah. accept gifts from a stranger but yeah. someone wants to talk to you of course like don't go with them and it's like you should always be by your parent anyway yeah. but I, I just I think uh, I don't know I just I, I feel like I had, I've said the story on the podcast too before where I was like 
18 or 19 there's probably 17 because i mm-hmm. cut class and went to just hang out in the supermarket yeah. what doing. and i was playing a ball with the kid in the aisle and her, his mom comes and just drags him away Whoa. looks at me and drags him away and the first time in my life where i was like oh i'm not a kid anymore oh, like yeah. i got this hockey shirt i'm stained they think i'm a pedophile so, yeah. so it, in one way it's like unfortunately our culture is maybe right. too fear-based about yeah. having your kid play with but at the same point there's terrible stuff that happens so it's about finding yeah. that balance right yeah i think it's a good point i me i think you may have even made this point when you got off the flight in california is that everybody you meet is a stranger before you like know them right like it's it's how you meet people right um but i think it's a good point i think a yeah there's a lot of fear that's spread out there for people to want to coddle and protect their kids and i i want to say rightfully so i think the intention behind it is good but i don't think the world is that fearful of a place that we need to really be that uh, on top of it all the time yeah there's a discrepancy between i think people are way more good than than bad yeah. on average or at mm-hmm. least kind and and non-harmful yeah. whereas we as the media as we know pumps out the stories uh, you know exactly. the story of the, the the kid um you know getting kidnapped gets everyone right. knows about it whereas the story of uh, somebody helping out a kid in need it kind of gets buried so yeah. i think it's well, kind of think, unbalanced yeah it's why you saw i think in the 60s more kids out in the streets playing because that stuff wasn't as televised as much as it is now and it's not like it's a story that's happening every day. It's like the one-off anecdotal story that happens that broods that fear. And I can understand why it would. That's, I mean, it's one of the scariest things to imagine. Scariest things so to imagine. For any parent, for any mother, that's such like a primal thing to protect mm-hmm. your children. Yeah. So I can understand like the good that's coming from it. But at the same time, to your point, you got to find that nuance. I think find that balance of like. Because if they. If I grow up too fearful right. of everyone, then they're going right. to be damaged in some other way where they exactly. won't develop a healthy relationship social skills with or, or how to even like network and meet people yes. in general, which it's our innate being to be connected with each other. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. One more thing on snow days. Um, another thing my friends and I would do is play Royal Rumble. So when you get, we all like have this kind of designated circle and when you get thrown to the ground, you have to stay down and last person standing wins. Oh. And my memory is a little bit fuzzy, but in my head, but the same dude won every time. Jared, who, you know, oh, yeah. big, strong guy <laughs> yeah. lives in Denver. And I'm telling you this because Jared found himself in a similar situation just this week. Really? So shout out Jared. He's a big supporter. He loves our show. We'll definitely have him on eventually, but he works construction all over Denver and the company's truck got stolen recently. Oh, so shit. Jared ended up seeing the guy. Oh, recently wow. and he got out of his car took the guy who stole it out of the truck and slammed him to the ground Royal Rumble, <laughs> Royal Rumble. and held him Did to the ground <laughs> held him to the ground until the cops got there wow holy awesome shit that? that's so that's awesome. all that rumble royal rumble training that's I've always, right i've always looked up to jared in that way he's got like a lot of batman Fuck in him. yeah jared that's awesome always a man of honor doing the right yeah. thing and although you could argue this is pretty dangerous and i'm sure his pregnant wife isn't super <laughs> thrilled about it maybe it could have been handled different it's still amazing it is amazing fucking that's it. fucking awesome i'm sure you the high you get from that too is probably that vigilante yeah. justice yeah uh is awesome so shout out to j-rod yeah mad props that's awesome dude um so what else is going on, Max? Are you reading or watching anything good currently? What's so I just finished The Two Towers, Lord of the Rings. Oh, wow, the books yeah. are phenomenal. Um, so good. I still love the movies, but it, it's just amazing to get inside Tolkien's oh, head. Oh, God, yeah. You could probably writing. put a 10, or I guess there's already 10 hours. You could probably do 30 hours oh, if you yeah. wanted to do everything. Oh, not yeah. more of Tolkien's uh, a lot of, a lot of writing. I've read uh, like maybe... 75% of the fellowship probably mm-hmm. or so. Yeah, it's been it's been a wild ride. And I'm not a fast reader, but I read those first two books real quick. So. Which is unique for Tolkien. Most people yeah. say they read quickly and Tolkien takes them a while, but yeah. it shows how much he loved it and I world just, building. I was sucked right into it, man. And then I just picked up actually this morning The Lion Tracker's Guide to Life by Boyd Vardy. Okay. Um, it's been really cool. He's just talking about finding your inner tracker. And um, I one of the quotes that really stuck with me this morning that I read was... Um, 
too much uncertainty is chaos and too little uncertainty is death. Mm. Just talking about how... One more time. Too... Too much uncertainty is chaos. Too little uncertainty is death. Yeah. So when things are too uncertain, obviously, if you look back at 2020, that year was super uncertain. There was a lot of chaos. Mm -hmm. But then if you look at too little uncertainty, I think he's speaking towards... If you know too much. Like a coddled life or like staying in your your set routine day in and day out without kind of breaking that up. That's that's too much safety. You get too comfortable with that, mm-hmm. then any amount of uncertainty is going to lead to that chaotic feeling. That makes a lot of um, sense to me. So yeah, it's been, <laughs> been really poignant and helpful for me at this point That's in my a life good balance too. to the fantasy novel of Lord of the Rings, yeah. which also has a lot of symbolism and, yeah. and, and learnings and that, of course. In the yeah, of- actually, there's one quote that I took out from uh, The Two Towers I'll share with you guys here that was so helpful for me. Awesome. Going, uh, It was Frodo. He's talking about his journey. We all know his journey Sam. and how, yeah, how intense that journey is. But he said, if there's only one way then I must take it. What comes after must come. And I really liked that quote too. Mm. Like, this is the way I have to go. Whatever happens, happens. Yeah, so another watch. Just complete thing. acceptance and surrender. And I think that's really been uh, a lot of the messaging I've been getting this year. It's like, you have control over what you have control over. Mm-hmm. The rest, you have to, to manage your attitude around. Yes, I love that. It seems like that'll move. be a theme in this episode. Yeah. Um, because I just started reading The Wisdom of Insecurity, mm. finally, by Alan Watts. And I'm forever grateful to you, Max, for showing me Watts. I didn't Great. hear about him until that. And he just really articulates and conceptualizes a lot yeah. of my soul, I feel like, since I was a little kid. And when I yeah. first started listening to him, it felt... Just like right, I guess, is the best yeah, way to put it. He, he brings a little bit of Taoism and Buddhism, mm-hmm. Eastern philosophy and thought, and tries to make it palatable to yeah. people like me in the West. And um, I really love the wisdom of insecurity so far. I started uh, back on my sober path after Thanksgiving. So nice. instead of like puffing a joint or taking some sort of sleeping aid, I've been reading it right before bed. Mm-hmm. And it's like Xanax nice. to me. It puts yeah. me out like a light. It really does. I yeah. guess it's like um, how our society is set up to either dwell on the past or be promised better things in the future, right? Or the, that's kind of what the book is about. It's why we're yeah. so insecure because we are thinking about the past or the future mm-hmm. and whether it's living in service to a Christian God and doing everything right so then eventually we can reach right. prosperity or living like an atheist and chasing the dollar at all costs. Yeah. Um, so in the future, I'll be happy. In the future, I'll be secure. But that's an illusion is right. what Alan Watts is saying. Real enlightenment and happiness or contentment is like knowing the moment is really all you have, whether that's like you said before, pain, pleasure, on sadness, happiness, just live in the now. And when I think about that, it's kind of always what my soul has directed to. Yeah. In this society, I've kind of been told I'm wrong for, for thinking that. And it, not, not directly, but it just has to be done a certain way. And Alan helps confirm some of my beliefs, I think, from when yeah. I was a little kid. And that's just so comforting. Again, mm-hmm. within like 10 pages, I just turn into a baby and just get that awesome yeah. kind of sleep. Yeah. Uh, so we, obviously Watts comes up a lot on here. And it, Do we, you we'll, read it in his voice? In your yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I started out just by listening to his, like, right. on YouTube, you can find tons of just little passages here and there. So of course, his, his, I love listening to him. That's probably better, even better way to fall asleep. Yeah. He's such a great exactly. voice. But again, I guess his overall message and a big message in philosophy is that for whatever reason, people today, especially in, in America, that's where I live, so that's where, where I observe. And for the last, I don't know, 100, 200 years, we've seen a separation between man and nature. Yeah. And that leads to a lot of negative energy, probably, is a good mm-hmm. way to put it. I was I, so. I was growing up like 
my opinion was like, well, if you can't prove it, then it doesn't exist. And right. that's the age of science talking. Right, and right. of course, my man Nietzsche, when I discovered him, I stumble <laughs> upon famously of the former episode. Mm-hmm. He says God is dead. And that's what he's referring to, how we're not separate from nature in, in faith. And when in fact, we are nature. Yeah. And I tend to love the quote that we are God experiencing itself mm-hmm. through our senses. Yeah. Um, there's this cool chick I met recently. I believe her Instagram page is pretty popular. It's like 25,000 followers. It's at organic.abundance. Oh. And she had a post recently saying the same like we are the universe experiencing itself Mm -hmm. and god and the universe is interchangeable here but i believe that and she said i'm just trying to give god a good ride through my sensual experience and when she said that i was like that is the coolest thing i've ever heard i was like that is so cool you're channeling kind of a sacred energy through yourself yeah and if you do that and having that in the back of your head you'll probably have a positive experience Mm -hmm. and have positive experiences for those around you i feel like maybe this is true of everyone who's getting older but as i've gotten older i've been able to grasp and comprehend that idea more of we are god or we are the universe experiencing itself i don't know if it's just with age is coming that wisdom or just the breadth of experience i've had in these 30 short years but um i just feel especially this year like a lot more in tune with that of like oh yeah like holy shit none of this really like that life force the fire of life is just burning in all of us and continuing to move forward I have a sm- yeah, it I doesn't f- end when we die it's just like a transition correct it's like i agree we go on to the next phase but it's that it's that big fear that very like i guess maybe primal is the right word or just mm. like the yeah probably the, of surviving and- yeah surviving and not wanting this to end and at yeah. the same time i get that too like what i grappled with this year is like just how much I love this life. I'm like, yeah. how fucking awesome and it is. And it's just starting to get great where you're not thinking about what yeah. people are thinking about me yeah. and I'm growing in knowledge and confidence. Right. I feel similarly. I had a really yeah. good friend who was struggling with his faith this year a mm-hmm. bit. And to be honest, your smelly ass girlfriend would probably say that this year is, year is our Saturn return. So when Saturn <laughs> returns, of course, she's my sister, so I could say that uh, too. Um, it, Saturn returns to the very place when you were born and happens around age 30. Yeah. And I don't know about like you just kind of admitted, so I do know about you, Max, but yeah. this, this has been a pretty formative year for my my thoughts and yeah. beliefs as well and a bunch of my friends who are around the same age yeah. seem to be speaking a similar tune yeah it's something something different about 30 man yeah i, I feel different i'm acting different i feel well i think too they talk about it with athletes too it's like as you get older in age your mental acuity starts to sharpen and you get better at what you do but your body kind of lags behind so your mind's getting sharper but your body is starting to get slower so yeah. for athletes that's like the the balance unless you're tom fucking brady right 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 defying age but right. I'm noticing that in myself, not as much, so much in the physical sense, but just how my mind feels sharper. I feel clearer. I feel like I'm getting a better grasp of like life in general and, and letting, matters, letting go of shit. Letting easier. go is so, such yeah. a big thing for me the last and, couple of years. Yeah. Acceptance. Big, big thing of like having all these past experiences that have happened to me and letting go of the pain that's attached with them and just honoring them for what happened and what they Perfect. were. Perfect. Yeah. But I've also done the work to like feel that shit because I knew in myself like, I was avoiding feeling that stuff. So it's also been a lesson of like feeling that in order to let go of it, which mm. has been uh, not easy. <laughs> no, no, and it's, it isn't. And easy is usually not worth it a lot of times. So exactly. It makes a lot the of sense. The best thing in life are the hardest. Yeah. So my friend had a really interesting question, the one I brought up before, about faith. And mm-hmm. obviously, we were raised, me and him were raised Catholic, and we know a lot of Jewish people, and there's a mm-hmm. rise in. What we would put under the umbrella of people who say, I'm spiritual, I'm not religious, but you hear that all the time, right? Yeah. And I consider myself spiritual because of these beliefs I just said before and the whole I am God experiencing himself. But he asked, as a spiritual person, how do I practice my faith? And I found it very interesting. Yeah. Because I'm assuming and guessing, is he, I know he met with a rabbi. My instinct, I didn't ask him about this. I'm, my guess is the rabbi said, the people who call themselves spiritual, go to them and ask them how you practice their faith. 
And it was interesting. I was wondering, and maybe he wanted to like deconstruct their bullshit so he comes and joins Judaism or whatever, but it definitely <laughs> made me think. And I was wondering if he asked you that, what would you say about that? I think for me, I've noticed my church is the great outs- outdoors. Mm-hmm. That's when I feel the most connected to source, universe, God, whatever you want to call it. I actually last weekend went on a hike. I hiked up to my, I didn't do the full one. I did Gregory Canyon. I hiked up to my favorite point in that and just sat in the silence and listened. And I, and I feel it. It's a very internal response of like just feeling in flow is the only thing I, way I can put it. Right. And that, to me, feels like a good way of practicing my faith and a good reminder of my place in the universe and where I'm at. And yeah. just kind of like, it gives me the opportunity to really let go when I can look around at the trees, the rocks and think of like all that went into the growth and the destruction and the forming of mm. this of like God, it's so crazy. years and years and years of glacier melting and volcanic activity you name it whatever it was it really like helps me be like oh shit like this all took time so my process is going to take time and that's okay and the other way i do it is through meditation meditation too for me when i can just really quiet my mind and like and tune into that kind of feeling of just being in flow and flowing Mm -hmm. with the universe is another way for me to just kind of feel really tuned into that f- sensation of God or whatever yes, you want to call it. I, yeah, I totally agree with that. Meditation for me is the is the way to do it. Yeah. It's, a, it's a weird thing because it's not like I'm not acting necessarily in service to God, which is, I guess is right. the difference of Judaism or Christianity. Mm-hmm. They kind of act in service to God yeah. where I believe, again, I don't, again, it sounds weird if you say I am God because I'm not the God, right. but I am. I'm like yeah. I've been saying, I've experienced God through my eyes, through right. my senses. So giving God a good ride is probably the yeah. way uh, to give to, to practice the faith meditation mm-hmm. and it's not the same thing as Judaism where you go to this you have to do this you have to say this or whatever go yeah. to temple and all, and all of that so it's just a, a different way of thinking but I liked yeah. I liked your answer a lot I thought that just came to me too is like as you were saying I am God it's, and I get where you're saying like I am God as above so below but it does feel weird to say I am God yes but something that just came to me that feels like it a better way for myself of putting it is uh, I am the God of my own reality. Like I get to choose and create that. So mm-hmm. I think in that sense, it's a good way for me to kind of flip the script and be like, I'm not God in the sense that I'm the, the overarching man who's making all of these rules of right. the universe, but I can decide and choose for this godly yeah. experience how how my reality is going to play out. Yeah, and faith for me almost is like I've always known the right things to do in life, but yeah. my my scientific brain maybe or primal has just gotten like questioning that. Like, mm-hmm. okay, but do I, do yeah, I have right. to do this? Yeah, do, right. Is this like morally, uh, does this really have a huge impact on yeah. the world? Is everything really meaningful? And I guess the faith, which is different from belief, which Alan talks about in Wisdom mm-hmm. and Security, is the faith is just knowing that you're okay with the truth no matter what it is. I have faith that mm. Mm. if I'm a good person yeah. and put out good energy to the world, that the, the right things will happen. Yeah. I think that's more where I, when I talk about faith, that's kind of what I mean. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's still no, I get that, learning man. it. Still, I'm, still I'm definitely in like a flux place myself where things are just feel very up in the air and I don't have any like set foundation to land on right, right. now. And I'm just kind of like, scary. This is, it's scary. But okay. But okay. And I had a moment of like really big fear prior and I'm in this state with it now where I'm like, this is where I'm supposed to be. What's meant for me will never miss me. And I'm not going to fully understand this experience until I'm on the other side of it. So I'm just going to trust the ride and realize at some point I'm where I needed to be. Yeah. And, I'm, and, just and having, I just need to be in this right now. Yeah. And just having it's, that faith that it will. Exactly. The right like things will happen. What's faith. supposed to happen will happen. Very difficult for me as a, as a logical yeah, person. Same, same. Um, and I've had just had to like 
reflect on previous experiences and been like, well, I've been in similar situations and it's always worked out. So I just need to trust again and have that blind faith of like, this is for my highest good, whatever it is, I won't know. And so I'm there. And that to me is practicing faith. Yeah. That's exactly what that is. Yeah. All right. So great combo as always. Before we go to break, uh, we talk about our flaws on here. Max is a man of few I've seen, but his biggest <laughs> for sure is being a Patriots fan. Ooh, uh, just I don't kidding. know anymore. Just kidding. But how awesome was that win over the Bills? Oh, my God. Did you get, it? Was Did you get to see it? Oh, yeah. I, I love like that was so football to me, like 50 mile hour wins, <laughs> like a little some some stuff coming down, a little snow. A little... I did feel like Belichick was being a bit of an egomaniac and wanted just the clout to say, like, I only threw three passes. Oh, yeah. And won the game rushing. He, and he did. And he, did. And he and does he that always. He's playing chess while everyone. Everyone's out yeah. there playing checkers. Yeah. I think it was great. Their was. offensive line is still amazing. It's they got t- such a great running game. Nuts. The two-headed running back. Yeah. Mac Jones does exactly what he needs to do. Yeah. Their defense, they were able to spend money on Judon and these guys. Oh so they're God. just right Our back in it. defense is stupid. It, uh, I, the best way possible. <laughs> yeah. No, they're, they're so so damn good. As a Dolphins fan, it's tough. But Dolphins have won five in a row, so I'm very nice. happy about that, nice. too. So both teams are in similar directions. Alabama. Yeah. Maybe slightly limited quarterbacks with really good coaches, defensive schemes. So yeah. we'll see how that yeah. all, all. I just really enjoyed that game on Monday night. It's classic it football to me. He couldn't it kick was. it, couldn't pass it, just had to run the ball. Yeah. We want to get into uh, Lasso, just a little bit of Ted oh, Lasso yeah. shout out. Let's talk Lasso. Because we both love Ted Lasso. And mm-hmm. I love, um, I've been, again, I'm a little hipster on it because, you know, I've talked about yeah. Bill Lawrence, I think, on the original Philosophy, right. well before Ted Lasso came yeah. came upon. I, he was the creator of Scrubs, which is my favorite show of all right. time. And when he talks, it's he speaks to my soul too. He comes on my sports radio show randomly. My, my, my Miami's base sports radio show he comes on all the time because he's a fan too <laughs> and everything he says is just amazing Lasso is just a perfect oh, shot so I don't know if great. everyone's watched it probably so but great. if you haven't check it out yeah and the other thing was have you started Beatles Get Back yet Jamie and I have watched the first hour of oh, it so far that's all I could get it's through so too cool. it's like very repetitive it's but I couldn't believe it like yeah. my jaw was dropped when I was watching it because it's yeah. the Beatles writing songs. Yeah. Like it's, so... I, I would be interested in any band yeah. writing songs probably, uh-huh. but it's the fucking Beatles, it's one the of the Beatles. famous, the modern, you know, gods of modern music in, yes. in a lot of ways. So to see, uh, I think it's on Disney Plus. That's another yep. one. It, you don't have to go through all 10 hours if you're not a super fan, but just watch a little bit of it. It's just it's so fascinating. fascinating. There's yeah. very little ego, it seems, for mm-hmm. such a, they were already famous for five six years and it just to see again those super genius talented you know there's a hierarchy within the band these things happen these songs that you all have heard of and again he seemingly comes up with songs out of thin air and i think about like faith and spirituality with that like where does that come from it just comes from thin air it comes from god it's an act of god so check out lasso apple plus we are not sponsored hopefully one day (laughs) one day Uh, check out uh please get back on disney plus the other cool thing i thought about get back though was the uh when they were asking him to just pull out songs and George Harrison was like, well, I have this song, All Things Must Pass. And he started playing that. Yeah. I don't know if you got that far, but it was really cool to yeah, see. No, it eventually didn't put it in the album, but just to see yeah, that it's out it's, now. It's, like, it's wild. We're seeing clips of things that haven't happened yet that have now like, yeah, already transpired. Yeah, they've become like, a shit, legend cool. from that. I think that was 69 or 70 or yeah, 68, like so it was just so long ago. And I'm, 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 uh, You have to be in the right mood, but yeah. I'm going to definitely watch all 10 hours yeah, eventually. Me too. It's so cool. Great talk. Okay, we'll go to break now. We'll be back with a part two of our Philosopher of the Week from last week last year (laughs) Plato we thought 2020 was the year of vision well guess what we were wrong and that's why I governor of Kentucky Honus O'Donohue 
am officially putting my name on the ballot to run for your president of the United States in the real year of vision 2024. If you're all smart enough to elect me as your 46th president, my first plan of action will be to drain the ocean. But why, Honus? Why oh why would you want to drain the ocean? Did you know that it's estimated that we've only explored about 5% of the Earth's oceans and only 1% of the ocean floor? Point being, I want to know what's going on down there. And so do you. You just don't know it yet. But the ocean is freaking gigantic. How are you going to drain it and where are you going to drain it to? Easy. I'm going to fund a 62 mile long tube and spray it all into outer space. And once that's done, we can finally see what the hell is going on down there. So elect me. Honus O'Donohue for president in 2024, and I'll drain the fucking ocean. <laughs> My name is Honus O'Donohue, and I approve of this message. But of course I approve of this message. I fucking made this message. All right, thanks for sticking with us. So last week, we got introduced to our friend Plato, father of Western philosophical thought. And you don't know it out there, but he's uh, living inside of our heads and souls, whether we <laughs> want him to or not. A way that Plato is introduced to many college students and, and, and students of philosophy is through the work of the allegory of the cave. Or should I say allegory, Max? What is it? Is it I've, both okay? I've always said allegory. Allegory. Um, but I allegory. think it's potato, potato. Whatever you want to say out there at home is fine. In simple terms, the allegory of the cave, um, it's, 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 it's not simple. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's, it's not. somewhat complicated, <laughs> but I guess it should be uh, seeing as it's uh, all the way back from before the common era to literally today. So here we go. We'll try our best. The allegory of the cave comes from what is perhaps Plato's most famous work, The Republic. Mm -hmm. In the allegory, Plato asks us to imagine that there are some prisoners chained up in a cave. They are chained so tightly they cannot turn their heads and can only stare at the wall in front of them. Behind this row of unfortunate prisoners, there is a path, and behind the path there is a fire. Along the path, it is a very weird image, just stick with it, Pass its figures with puppets, and as they pass, the puppets throw shadows on the wall in front of the prisoners. It is as if the prisoners are chained up in a shadow puppet show, just watching flickering shapes on the wall. But because they have always been there since birth, they assume that these shadows are reality. For Plato, this is what life is like for most of us. We don't see reality itself. Instead, we see our versions of flickering shadows. Mm. Following? Okay, so the story goes on. Imagine Plato says that one of these prisoners is freed. The prisoner turns around and is astonished to see what they have taken as reality is only a series of flickering shadows. Mm. But then Plato goes further. Imagine that the prisoner is compelled to climb a path out of the cave into sunlight. At first, it would take time for the prisoner's eyes to adjust to the dazzling light. But eventually, they would see a world far more colorful, rich, and complex than they could ever have imagined in their cave. Once our philosopher has gotten used to the sunlight, Plato asks us to imagine what they might do next. Perhaps they would be moved to a compassion and want to share this new vision, so they would go back into the cave to liberate their former companions. But to those people chained in the darkness, what the philosopher had seen would seem so outlandish and improbable that they would be considered a mad person or even threatened with death. As you know, Socrates was put to right. death for yeah. believing that. So it's it's it is kind of a simple concept in, mm -hmm. in 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 this way, where it's just with new information comes new knowledge, right? right. That's kind of yeah. just perception of the world, and that's very important. It's sign of intelligence is when new information is given to us, we change our opinion. So we know yeah. what we know now, and and more comes into us, then we'll then we'll change our, our opinion, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. So what does it all mean? Um, like I've been said four or five times, the allegory of the cave is complex, but there are a few things we can say about it. The first is that Plato wants us to think that we don't see true reality, but a pale shadow of reality. Yeah. The second is that wisdom involves seeing through the illusion to reality itself. Kind of what I was explaining mm -hmm. a little bit. And mm -hmm. the third is that the path to wisdom is hard and difficult. 
Yeah. That we know, there's yeah. no doubt about it. You gotta get unchained, you gotta go outside, you gotta adjust to the sunlight, all mm-hmm. that. And the fourth is that if you are wise, you will, no matter what, be misunderstood. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how this relates, but I, I love that. Because <laughs> I, <laughs> I feel like I've always been misunderstood. So I guess my <laughs> ego just wants to be known as wise. But um, it, it, it makes sense to me. So with new inform- without new information, we can't learn. And that's kind of what science is, right? Science yeah. isn't, and this is like what we were talking about before, and a, a misconception. It's not an explanation of existence mm-hmm. or the soul. It's proving what we can prove now to better our lives around us in an imperfect world. Uh, Think if like an alien showed up to Earth and told us new info. Our whole soul and thoughts and ideas would shift because we'd have new information. Probably if they had the technology to get here, they would probably be more advanced in different ways. Maybe not. But as humans, we're put here with very little information and we ourselves are babies with zero information. The the more we're alive, if we lead with this humility of like, I don't really know anything, mm-hmm. then new information will come to us. And the ones who are smartest in my mind will change their mind and opinions and thoughts and based on new information. This is yeah. just a really good way to understand learning and life and how we really don't know shit about fuck when it comes down to it. <laughs> yeah. We talked about it a hundred times already on this, yeah. on this podcast alone. And we're prisoners trapped in a cave looking at shadows. Mm-hmm. And that's the connection of Plato's. We talked about last episode uh, between forms and ideas. Okay. So I guess this has a lot to do with now with, again, people, every, obviously the pandemic is yeah. super on our, our minds, still not out of it. We've done re- pretty well. Again, yeah. the numbers seem to be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and that's what it is. It, everything was shadows to us. We don't understand any of this. Right. We still don't a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. So it's like trying to get all this information. It makes it so uncomfortable. But mm-hmm. in different parts of life, when you learn new things, you adjust your, you know, that's just a simple thing. Every kid your learn. horizons. This is yeah. why they should teach this to kids, the Plato's work. Right. Because once you're... If you have a lot of people I've seen, not just the pandemic, everything are just so set in their ways. They're trying to be like, so like they think they know. And it's so comforting, right? To to think think that, you know, so to understand that we're just seeing shadows is more of like, oh, this is okay. Like it could be a comforting thought too. Cause I I don't know much and that's okay. Let's stop acting. We all know everything and just Mm -hmm. kind of like lead with humility. And, you know, try our best, I guess, is the main point of Allegory of the Cave. I don't know what you're, I know you learned about it in college. Do you have any... I mean, even to this, I remember learning it in college and being like, what the fuck? Like, it's still, and even to this day, I have those what the fuck moments. But I think for me now at this age and with the experiences that I've had, I'm kind of seeing it as um, just don't take anything at face value. Mm. Like, there's so much more at play here than we can really wrap our heads around. And you'll never know it all. I think there's too much to really know, but I think just being open to it and not being closed off to it, not keeping yourself in those chains rather being open to the fact that there's so much more at play here than we actually realize it's yeah. more than just whoever's casting those shadows right there's mm-hmm. there's something behind that there's a man behind somebody casting the shadows and there's something behind the light too something that's causing that light that we don't fully know i mean even when we step out into that light into the world it's it's overwhelming like he talks about because it's like holy shit like information overload like, yeah it's what, so what uncomfortable to this? think that i don't know right i have exactly. no idea why we're here we wake up and you know, you're just yeah. here going we don't know if we ask like, to be here i don't know here. why i go to sleep every night and i don't know why i wake up every and that's night. why that's... you see religion being so popular because it gives you oh okay yeah. Oof, this yeah. is what it is there's a big right. boy in the sky we're trying to formulate some meaning to our human experience yeah. around this that... rock that's floating through a cosmic waterway of god yeah. knows what right how you can't make sense of that no like, that's what i'm thinking like letting it go yeah letting go of this uh, uh concrete knowledge yeah is a, a 
probably a pretty important thing, I think, I for think leaving so. a, leading a pretty good life mm-hmm. and to, for us to understand each other maybe more as people right. and, to, and to understand, hey, my way of thinking is just my way. Right. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I would love to hear your way of thinking. I'll take yeah. what I want. I'll leave what I don't want. And maybe we can get together a little bit better as a right. society. I think it would right. be the best thing if we all just leaded, led with humility and mm-hmm. led with knowing that we know nothing. And yeah. I don't know. And I that guess. we live in a constant flow of change and transition. So it's always going to be changing. It's yeah. always there's always going to be some level you're of discomfort. You're never going to fully and know. And yeah, we're not going to be can, crowded in some concrete knowledge of like, this is it. This yeah. is the way. It's like, if, if you can no. get to a place where you get, the, I think your life will get a little bit better. Yeah, I really absolutely. do. All right, good stuff. So next major subject from Plato is Plato's famous three parts of the soul. And I love this one. All right, so let's get right into it. Part one of the soul is reason. Obviously, the logical part of us is the thinking part of the soul, which loves the truth and seeks to learn it. Uh, This is the part of us that thinks, analyzes, looks ahead, rationally weighs options, and tries to gauge what is best and truest overall. Plato makes the point that reason would be the smallest part of the soul, but that nevertheless, a soul can be declared just only if all three parts agree that reason should rule in the human world. Mm -hmm. So this is an interesting discussion, right? So reason, although the smallest part of the soul, should rule the human world, Plato says. And I agree. It's the only way to take all of these extremely different beings with different experiences and, and, and try to figure out the best thing for everyone, right? right? Through reason and logic. How Does anything come up for you when I talk about this, Max? Can you say the last part? Through yeah. reason and logic prior to that, what were you? Although the smallest part of the soul should rule the human world, mm-hmm. Plato says, I, it's the only way to take all of these weird people with different experiences and different yeah. beings and trying to like figure out the best for everyone, right? Mm. Everyone's going to have different, but there is one form in my mind, there is one form of logic and reason to try to govern the world. Because it's impossible. In a perfect world, we'd all have our own governor somehow, right? right? Because we're all so different. Mm -hmm. But we need to use reason and logic because that's the best thing we have right now to rule the world. I think that's what Plato's Yeah, That's what I took it from Plato. I agree with that. And I think it's, but it is so difficult and nuanced to try and determine like what is the right established form of government or rule because- telling me. Obviously, it's not working out for so hot right now. It hasn't in the past. And I think throughout human history, we've seen the collapse of different forms of structures and government throughout time and history. And I think it's just with our evolution, as we, as our consciousness evolves, as we evolve, as our technology evolves, that's going to not serve us for a time. And we have to, instead of clinging to that comfort, kind of let go and realize, okay, so what, let's use our reason and logic now to like really determine what is the best way for us to govern and rule with each mm-hmm. other and in, in a form of cooperation, I, you know, I think yes. maybe that's the, the ticket to right. it. It's like, how do we cooperate with one another? Yeah, with and Let's use that reason and yeah. logic to meet each other where we're at, reach across the aisle, and help to formulate a beautiful world that we right. know is it's, capable, but we have such a hard time getting past our own shit to get there. Right. And I and I and at times I've craved like being an animal mm-hmm. because there's no need for reason there's no need for anything it's outside instinct. of instinct yeah. and, and you live off instinct you eat when you're hungry you sleep when you're tired yeah. you you know shit when you got a shit whatever right. it is and I, I guess i still do that pretty much but i still have to hold it in that <laughs> right but anyway there's a great quote in that lion tracker's guide to life book that i'm reading right now where he said no wild a- animal ever said the word should yeah, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, it's the and same we should on thing. ourselves all the time, right? <laughs> and so we're the, that's what separates from animals is we have this reason, we have right. this logic, and it's it's very difficult because we're such complex, the most complex yeah. creature out there, mm-hmm. and that's why it's so difficult to govern us. And so I think in my life, at least, I can only say like in reason when I can reason into it, it's usually for everyone. And a yeah. lot of people will reason or logic for themselves. Well, no, that's not going to work either. Right. But I love when like talking. All right, let's reason ourselves into like the best possible situation. It's very 
murky thing. Mm-hmm. And this brings up a different discussion. Um, something I've been thinking about a lot is that Neuralink. And we've talked about it yeah. before. And I believe I brought it up on here in one of the iterations of the show. And you're aware of Neuralink. That's Elon yeah. Musk's thing where you have a microchip and in your brain. Yeah. The first thing is like, get the fuck out of here. Right. Get that shit away from my head. But then yeah. I thought about it. A point is there would be, think about it. Okay, so if I have the Neuralink and you have the Neuralink, mm-hmm. the way we would talk and converse, there's no more hiding. Yeah. Your thoughts are out there. Yeah. So there's no more, how much on a day-to-day basis, even with your best friends, my, in my experience, yeah. it, there's just not, you kind of like, you're not quite fitting into place because right. you're so, such a unique ball of perspective and experience so that takes all of that away imagine taking lying away from the human race (laughs) that just that thought i had it on the hike in california i was like whoa yeah i was like wait that's amazing of course the problem is are are numerous that you have like because you can't trust anybody because so you have to think Neuralink would get in the wrong hands and we'd all be fucked. You get like right. tapped into us and yeah. know, explode our brains. But <laughs> yeah, in a perfect right. world, doesn't that make some sense? No more lying. Yeah. Just pure intention because that's the goal, right? If we could all mm-hmm. base each other, because that's what happens. The quote, like um, we base others on their actions and ourselves by our intentions. Yeah. And that sucks. That's incongruent. Yeah. So yeah. if we could see that's each other's so intentions, whether good or bad, yeah. that could be a one-way ticket to world peace. Right. Of course, so <laughs> it'd true. have to go in the what right hands. What if we hands. started before judging somebody off of their action and we saw that action happen and internally we have the response of like that doesn't feel right what if instead of like immediately judging them we approach them like what's your intention here yes how much would that shift just our day-to-day life in general instead yeah of being you're like, right oh, what a fucking schmuck right <laughs> yeah. which is always the big go to oh what a dick or whatever yeah. but it's also hard because then you ask them what's your intention and then their intention is marred by ego and and, and, right. and, and whatever it is so it's put through a million filters yeah whereas the neuro like kind of just there's no filter boom it just goes yeah. right to you right. and so i can see the benefits i'm not signing up i'm not nope. saying that <laughs> but i think for the future of world peace that's an option yeah we'll say keep yeah. it open i know you only know what you don't know all right so part two of three of the soul is the spirit uh, according to plato the spirited part of the soul is the one in which we are angry or get into temper the spirited or hot-blooded part uh, the part that gets angry when it perceives for example an injustice being done like our friend jared with the truck yeah. truck thief so this is the part of us that loves to face and overcome great challenges mm-hmm. the part that can steal itself into adversity that loves victory winning challenge and honor uh, note here that Plato's uh, use of the term spirited here is not the same as spiritual. It, it means spirit in the same sense that we speak of a high spirited horse, for example, mm. one with lots of energy and power. Gotcha. So talking about spirit and Jared, I wonder if you can relate to this, Max. This is weird for me, but my whole life I've definitely, well, let's just say I'm somewhat of an agent of chaos. I, would say. <laughs> I just enjoy experiencing yeah. weird things. Yeah. And it's a colorful part of experience is chaos to me. Anyone mm-hmm. who knows me knows that I just don't like boring, still parts of life. Right. Um, but since I was, I don't know, 13, 14, I've often like fantasized of situations happening in life. Like a terrorist tries to take over the plane mm-hmm. I'm on or someone picking or preying on a girl in a bar and I step up and I fight him. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever, I, do you relate 100%. to that at all? <laughs> it's, yeah. like, it's almost like I want to be a hero, yeah. right? I want yeah. this, I want a school shooter to come in and I take him out yeah. before he gets, or a yeah. mountain lion attacks Darcy and I grab the thing and I slam it and fucking break its neck. Yeah. It's just like, even though it's yep. impossible, I have this like romantic thing. And I yeah. was like, that's weird. That's a yeah. weird thing. But it's also kind of probably masculine, probably maybe masculine. like biological. How do you yeah. feel? And I think that, I mean, I've definitely had that. I can relate. I'll share one. This wasn't such a heroic one, but it was when I was working a door-to-door sales job. And I remember being stuck in traffic behind, you know, those big like fuel tanker 18 wheelers. Sure. I was like, man, what if that just blew up right now and then I didn't have to go to work? Like, that was why like, my excuse yeah, yeah, yeah. was like, I can't go to work. This truck blew up. Right. That's what I wanted. The scenario that played out That's in my funny head. that you said And then that. it was like, I went to this uh, 
longer thought process of like, well, what would I do if that happened? Mm-hmm. Like, would I get out? Would I help well, people? all the time. Yeah, yeah. So it was an interesting thing. I don't know if it's, I like to think it's, it's like a lot of people do that and play these scenarios out. And I'm curious how much of it is from, you know, the, t- the television shows, the stories we hear, the, the movies we watch that kind of build up this romanticized view of what that experience would actually be like sure. versus also how traumatizing it might be like yeah. at the same time. Like I think I often have this romantic view of what it'll be like, but then when it could actually play out in the moment, it might feel a lot more dramatic oh, and a yeah. lot more stressful. No doubt it about is. it. Yeah. It, I know myself in crisis to know that I have a pretty strong crisis response and I can kind of drop that, uh, I guess more freeze response. Yes. I kind of click right into action and go. Yeah. Um, but then after you're through the event, I've experienced like the calm down after. Which okay. Is like, oh fuck. Like, well, we'll have to ask Jesus. get Jared on and see how he feels because I know yeah. he was really high after it happened. Oh, That's bet. what made me kind of think about it. It's like, yeah, I've always thought about like yeah. again saving the school from a school shooter, just like right. putting my body on the line to save the 9/11 flight or whatever. Right. I've always like romanticized that. Yeah. But what you were talking about kind of reminded me of intrusive thinking, which is like yeah. we all have these thoughts like, uh, what if I just push this guy off the like I'm standing with my dad in a hike, what if I just fucking pushed him over? Yeah. Right. What if I just yeah. punch this guy in the face right now? Yeah. And I think that is biological. That is like, I think it's a healthy thing because it's like showing, it's again, it's almost reasoning in in your head. It's like reasoning, okay, I'm not going to do that. But it's like, I have this, like, it's almost creating safety for yourself. I found that very fascinating. I guess for more of the fantasizing scenarios when I was younger as a kid, I used to fantasize about the girl that I liked and like stepping up and like, fighting somebody exactly. for her like yeah. i used to do Saving that shit a lot puppy in front yeah. of her yeah right. dog how right can i look macho and good in front of her? i like, love that i bet you that's complex. a very masculine oh absolutely like, thing for my sure. friends too in front of just like the people who i respected i wanted their respect yeah through some kind of yeah. crazy act of mm-hmm. like you said these some bravado of, we all have either a fight uh freeze or fly response right. and i've definitely got my i think my instinctual is fly i'm a flyer yeah, yeah. so i think i kind of romanticize fighting because it's not technically i guess my super mm-hmm. who i am but i want to be that i yeah. think in situations as a, as a biological I get that. man i don't know yeah. so anyway third part of the soul is the appetite and this is mm-hmm. the appetite or desire of course we have true mm-hmm. desire for things which include a, our myriad various pleasures comforts physical satisfactions bodily ease there are so many of these appetites that plato does not bother to enumerate on them but he does mm-hmm. note that they can often be in conflict even with each other I like this. So if we had to pick uh, some body parts to symbolize what each of those elements are, Plato says that the rational part of the soul would be the body's brain and head, obviously. Mm -hmm. The spirited part would be the hot blood in the heart. Mm -hmm. And the appetitive part would be best represented by the belly or the genitals. Uh, These are Plato's metaphors, not mine. Mm -hmm. If we had to pick one of the classical psychologists that we'll go through eventually to represent each of these three parts, this is my uh, metaphor, uh, Carl Jung would represent the mind. Uh, I love Jung. I've been reading so much about him recently. I can't Mm -hmm. wait to dive into him. And someone I just read about, Alfred Adler, he has an emphasis on how the drive for power shapes human behavior. Mm -hmm. He would represent the spirited part. And Freud, of course, with his claim that the pleasure principle drives all human behavior, which is the first thing that kind of blew my mind. I remember reading about Freud pretty early, and he says that every single action or thought we have is directly connected to reproducing. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I believe that truly anymore, but it kind of shifted. I think a lot of it does, because it's like any the animal, you see, it's like the main goal is to to spread the seed and I, mm-hmm. and I remember bringing up very young with our friends and they were like no fuck you no way I don't care about girls <laughs> like, yeah. oh, okay buddy but no it's funny it's uh, so I found all this it's really interesting finally some think that Plato believes that three elements of the psyche should be in balance with each other mm-hmm. with each other um, sh- they should all have a say in a person's life but that isn't the way Plato sees it 
he thinks that the charioteer, is that how you say it? He should be in charge of the whole system, right? You're the charioteer. You're in charge of the whole system. And they're, they're kind of the horses, right? Mm-hmm. So they should make the determining decision that the charioteer should make the determining decisions based on what their horses are feeling and saying. So the whole system mm-hmm. should not be governed by the wishes of the horses, but by the rational decisions of the charioteer taking the horses' mm-hmm. advice. I, I like love that. that, right? I like that a lot. All right. Finally, in Plato's vision, neither of these horses are good or bad in themselves. The appetites, for example, they make great servants, but they make very bad masters. Mm. All three parts are a part of human motivation and drive specific to each individual who uses what the most, right? What do you think would drive you out of the three? Max, spirit, appetite, or um, what was the other one? Reason. Spirit. Yes, that's what I was said for you too. I feel, and I even felt it like in my chest when you said spirit. Like I feel like that burning heart space. Yeah, mm-hmm. I find myself to be very heart centered. And um, I co-hosted a men's retreat in August, and I had part of the men's retreat was um, a psilocybin mushroom ceremony. Hello. And uh, I partook in the ceremony. I didn't co-host that portion of it, but I had a very clear, um, I guess, yeah, vision slash moment of realizing like this this lion heart this lion-hearted human being that i am and like owning that and, mm-hmm. and stepping into that and leaning into that power and um it's been a, an interesting and a challenging journey but it's been definitely where uh yeah where if you're most called and i'm not i used to kind of like push that to the side and be like yeah you know just because of the responsibility that comes with that it's yes. kind of scary yeah, it's it like is. owning and stepping into your power requires this degree of like okay well i'm gonna own this now and i'm gonna follow through mm-hmm. And that felt like a very daunting task. And it wasn't until recently where now I'm kind of like, yeah, no, I got to I got to step up and I got to own this. Yeah, that's your biggest horse, the spirit. Exactly. And also yeah. have a room for the smaller horses, too. What you right. have to have is what Plato, if you believe. So Plato. it makes sense if you're that you would grapple with the biggest horse or the one that's like the most energetic or spirit yes. or whatever. I like think that's the right You're going to grapple with that the, the most, I think. And so that's been, as the char- charioteer, that's been the hardest thing for me to rein in is is this big heart, because not only being lionhearted is their like the cool name that comes with that but it's also like i'm highly sensitive and highly empathic like my ability to read a room and to to feel what somebody else is feeling is sometimes scary for me and can be really overwhelming Mm -hmm. um so i've had to really learn how to like hone that in and like check in with myself first and like really take care of myself yeah put my own oxygen mask on before i can help somebody no that's very important you're right or otherwise if you get you'll get too soaked in if you're too empathetic and i believe i'm pretty empathetic as well you'll get Mm -hmm. soaked into other people's thoughts and ideas when you need to have stay Mm -hmm. steady right you stay steady it's like great to be an empath because you can uh, navigate situations Mm -hmm. and make people feel better about themselves and be at ease but then if you can sacrifice yourself probably at times right and as the charioteer i realized what i was doing with that horse was uh, feeding it too much, if you will, and not taking care of the charioteer, like being too much of a people pleaser and a caretaker rather than really giving myself what I needed in the moment. So that way my chariot can run as fast and as cleanly as it possibly can. But instead I'm just letting that big horse like run wherever the hell it wants. But now it probably wants to do itself. Right. Exactly. Blood and heart. Right. So now it's like really reining that in and trying to like kind of pull the reins back, if you will, and slow it down. He'll, What's the right direction to move? And he's probably like you mentioned, the fastest, strongest horse in mm-hmm. your body. So mm-hmm. he he's the one you one you want leading. But if he gets too right. out of control, yeah, then you'll get into trouble probably. Right. So you got to, like you said, rein mm-hmm. him in the proper amount. Yep, yep. Of course, all three are close for me, but I think probably I don't even like admitting this, but reason is probably what has ruled me since yeah. I was a little kid. I'm mm-hmm. very uh, what's the right word like um, logical or yeah, I guess like what's it's just in my head, just intellectual, yeah, just intellectual. too too much like that where. Yeah. 
And like I brought up early in the podcast where it steered me away. It steered me into science. Well, if I can't prove it, it's not true, which mm-hmm. is not true. So I'm yeah. trying to do the same thing where mm-hmm. the reason horse is probably running a little too wild and bring yeah. him in, kind of get him. I, in a perfect world, I would like the spirited one to be a little bigger. Mm-hmm. And then second reason. And then third right here, the appetite too, yeah. which I struggle with too, which of course yeah. I, we all do. And I, I love my uh, vices and my little things mm-hmm. that I get to do as part of human yeah. experience. So we all, all life's all about navigating through these. And I Balance, urge you at yeah. home, who's li- if you're listening to this, go over those three. What's yours? What's your mm-hmm. horse that, that that rules you? And how can you rein it in? How can yeah. you get on the right path and put them all together? And mm-hmm. uh, Plato's so awesome, man. I just love He is. And we're going to do a, a bunch of quotes here and I'll finish up with those and get out of here. So, all right. Number one. Uh, we've talked about this before. It's interesting. Love is a serious mental disease, he says. <laughs> yeah. I always yeah. think that. Uh, to me, it, it means that it can consume the mind mm-hmm. so much that it becomes a major problem. It kind yeah. of goes back to our just conversation we just had about having our biological need to, to spread the seed. And that's the only thing that matters, right. which is not, flat out not true. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it, it becomes, a, it, it consumes the mind. So it becomes like a mental disease. Wow, I took it from Plato. Yeah. You feel a high like that is walking in the, on the clouds when you're mm-hmm. in love due to the rush of the euphoria. Right. And I have a Colin Cowherd's a, a goofy radio host that I listen to. He says, sports and women are the two things that make smart men stupid. <laughs> and I totally agree. There's yeah. that, uh, also that funny ass family guy joke where women don't exist at all and all men are like billionaires <laughs> yeah. and society is as peaceful as ever <laughs> because it lacks women. Fuck that. My women are my favorite thing in the yeah. entire world. But sometimes I've been so consumed with love that it has probably altered different parts of my life. So I get what Plato's saying here. Yeah. 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 Well, I think it's true for women as it is for men. I think it yes. kind of goes to like rose colored glasses. Like you're mm-hmm. sacrificing you're sacrificing too much of yourself for your partner's needs. And yeah. Like really forgetting yourself in the process of this relationship and this love. Yeah. And, and I, to- I mean, I think especially earlier in life, I feel like that's kind of part of the process. You got to get lost in it to really like get grounded in it and learn like, Oh, this is how I move in this, in this yeah. relationship. The more relationships love. I've been in, the more I've just learned about who I am in a yeah. relationship, what I need in a relationship, what I want and have it not consume me nearly as much as it, as it yeah. was. I guess that was really, we, I think you talked about like your early thoughts about impressing a girl. Yeah. I've always been a fucking oh, hopeless romantic. I was in third oh, grade romanticizing yeah. about who I liked. <laughs> consume yeah. my thoughts. Definitely have probably affected my grades. So yeah. uh, Plato's right. Mental disease is a light, it's a light mental disease, but one I would never w- want to not have. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. It's still my I think, favorite thing. I think it's important to drink from that Kool-Aid, if you will. Like, yeah. get, your, get a little love drunk. Get yeah. lost in that oh, shit. Oh God, it's my favorite. It's part of the part of the I've fallen in love, I think, three evolution. times in the last year. And every <laughs> yeah. time I love it so much. Yeah. It's just my favorite thing. It's just, yeah. it's, it's awesome. It is. All right. So next one, when the mind is thinking, it's talking to itself. Mm. This makes me kind of think we're like, you're not your thoughts. It's the big thing where it's like, it's so hard to kind of rationalize. I know my brain is insane. I'm always having a million thoughts at a time. It can get overwhelming, but stepping back and realizing that you are not your thoughts is important. And thinking is a good way to get um, a proper result in whatever you're trying to figure out. Critical thought is important and doing it the yeah. right way. You don't, again, you're not your thoughts. Your mind is thinking it's talking to itself. It's right. not necessarily who you are necessarily. Your thoughts aren't you. Yeah. It's pretty important. It comes up a lot, I feel oh, like, yeah. in life. I've only really just started to rein that in myself and realize like how many different thought trains I was following when I didn't need to be. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's why it's like a self-induced suffering, if you will. Yeah. It's depending it's, on the thought you're choosing. Right, right, right. It's I've like, had oh, that a lot I, of times I where... can just let this go. I don't have to, this thread is just going to lead me deeper and deeper. I'll always find an excuse to go deeper with this. Yeah. I can just like let it float down the river. It's not, yeah, it it's not uh, yeah. helping you. It's not helping yeah. you gain in any way. So you right. got to observe that and say, is this serving me? Is this not? Is this real? Is this based on any reality? Is this all right. through my weird filter that we were talking about before? Exactly. 
Very interesting. All right, next one. Wise men talk because they have something to say. Mm. Fools because they have to say something. Mm. This is another one. I put this on up here because it it I I get like pain when I hear because it, it makes me just think of me, right? Where I just I'm constantly talking about a million things. Like uh-huh. I've always looked up to people who are very like. Uh, what's the right word when they condense their thoughts into articulate and like yeah. very like yeah. uh, like people I I'm a, vom, I'm a word vomiter and I'm, I've, I have a lot of friends who are very articulate and very like they'll, they'll be quiet and then they'll say something and that in that one sentence is just impactful as my entire paragraph which right. is wasted again I'm embracing who I am this is who right. I am and I love it but right. I love that it's it's true it, it, yeah. wise men talk because they have something to say fools because they have to say something yeah well I think there's there's benefits to both the wise man and the fool. I yes, it's important to play the part of both. Good point. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about R.I.P. Norm Macdonald, somebody, oh. uh, one of my favorite comedians of all time, and he, somebody said he is the perfect, uh, like, definition of the fool. He yeah. is like the perfect. He was the the perfected version of the fool. You just yeah. didn't know what he was really thinking. He's definitely way smarter than everyone else, yeah. but kind of made you think. Like, I know the fool. You have the poster in your in your yeah place. What does place. it mean to you? Does it? What is it? What is the being um, the fool? Well, Ethan Hawke ha- also has a really good kind of monologue about playing the part of the fool specifically as we're younger and kind of it's a good way to to uh, learn about yourself is to play the fool is to throw yourself be into okay with being looked at as a dumb idiot right it's like yeah. throw yourself into situations that maybe you're not the best at so, but play God, the fool so true like, mess up make mistakes it's almost like, kind of like a, fall flat on your face it's like it's how you learn a naivete is okay yeah, yeah. go into things yeah. with an open mind and that okay exactly yeah, i get that yeah. that's what the fool is yeah. so yeah for me the fool is very much about like leaning into that place of of being a beginner being new at something and falling flat on your face and being okay with it and, and laughing at it too yes and having fun yeah. with it at the same time True. and not uh being so hard on yourself that's right. the, that's where i take from the fool because yeah. i can get really hard on myself True. especially Knowing I can be a very stoic person and trying to like break that habit and be more playful and light with it rather yeah. than having to like constantly beat berate myself for like not getting it right the first time. I really like that. A lot of people in my life have that where I, again, this will sound maybe egotistical, but a lot of people are so, I'm so good at things that yeah. I, I expect to be good immediately exactly. at a new task yeah. that I'm trying to do. And I'm not being the fool. I'm being the person who's like, thinks he knows more than he does. Where if right. I went in being like, Hey, and I've been better at this recently. Mm-hmm. Or, hey, I'm a fucking beginner. I'm going to fuck yeah. up. What's that adventure yeah. land quote. I love is um, the first step of being good at something is sucking at something. Ooh, I like and that. that's the fool, right? That's yeah. just jumping into it, being okay with being, mm-hmm. I always like whenever I have a job, uh, few and far between. I I, beca- I actually <laughs> make sure that like I kind of act a little dumber than I am uh-huh. because you get less Sand responsibility. A little bit, yeah. Unless it's my career, then I would never do that. But right. like working at a restaurant or whatever, yeah. I'm like, oh, I don't know. So everywhere I've went, I've been the dumb guy. Yeah. Whether it's the pizza place, they thought it was the, the the Mexicans in the back thought it was the dumbest dude in America. <laughs> they loved it. And I I don't care. Like I, mean, yeah. I get less responsibility. There's right. it's, the things are less tense, and it's yeah. okay. I don't mind being the butt of jokes. Probably because I have the confidence deep right. down that I know I'm not right. who they think I am in, in those ways but interesting yeah. thought all right next one i love very poetic i know me and you both love music music is a moral law it gives soul to the universe wings to the mind mm. flight to the imagination Oof. and charm to life into everything yes plato is right music uh lights up your entire brain scientists don't know exactly why but it has the power to heal to unify mm. to get you moving uh it soars right past your conscious and unconscious thinking it, it's some it's deeply right spiritual feels. shit right yeah. it really is like i've really. always said like i know if i really love a song if all the arm hair stands up yes I, I've always, I always know yeah. that's when i can tell i really love i'm constantly 
crying to songs. It's yeah. really it's really unbelievable. Yeah. I guess it comes from nature, you know, birds and the wind moving and yeah. trees and yeah. humans walking there and from the leaves and making, song. Yeah, making instruments always blew my mind, right? Yeah. Who was the one who thought that you could make a yeah. saxophone? And it's just oh, so seriously. cool. It's just making new sounds and forms of uh, reasons to dance. And I love dancing at parties yeah. and weddings and bars. It's just, again, going back to my main philosophy, it's a celebration of the collective dancing. Yeah. Everyone loves music. And when you're at, all at a concert or on a dance floor, there's rarely like individual thought, right? You're all one kind of being. You probably like, if you're like me, you suck at dancing and it's, it doesn't matter. You're just giving yourself up to like this higher power is what right. I always thought dancing was. You're kind of just like losing your consciousness. Right. And it's so healthy. It always feels so good. I try to dance every single day. It makes you happier. It makes me so much happier. Yeah. Music is just it's even impossible if I, to not be smiling while you're dancing and even afterwards. It's it's just it, and again it's movement which is so important and it's music which is it, I just oh god I just yeah. I love dancing so much. I need more weddings or just yeah. I know I dance by myself all the time in here. I, my neighbors are probably sick. I'm having concerts like every night <laughs> now, nowadays. But Nothing wrong with that. I love music. All right, another one. One of the penalties for refusing to participate in politics is that you end up being governed by your inferiors. Yeah, <laughs> again, Damn, this is a good one for us <laughs> as we don't like politics uh, yeah. generally. But uh, as you know, if you listen to the uh, first couple episodes, Plato thinks a philosopher king should rule yeah. over I some kind of politician. Me too. No doubt about it. Uh, and if you don't, if we don't, we sit back and we don't vote and let it happen. Well, we end up being ruled by some shitty power, power hungry dude or chick. Or, yeah. That's why I'm making an attempt to vote and do my thing and try to try to be it. But God, I would not want to be in any sort of power to make decisions, especially in this iteration iteration of yeah. politics, because it's got every, it's just such bullshit. Mm-hmm. We talk about it too much, but whether it's before, whether it's what we have now, it's just, it's just like, it's so like the system is just so, uh, it's just so geared towards ignorance and money. And yep. it's, it's just such a flawed system that yeah. there's really, so there's no real hard, there's no real easy thing to, to see. Yeah, in politics. So Plato's right. If we don't, if you, if I don't step up, and I have these beliefs, and I could think I would mm-hmm. do a good job if I don't like went to my life, and now I have to deal. Since I'm not putting myself into that, I have to deal right. with my inferiors governing me. And I guess yeah. that's something I'm okay with because <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't, I don't want to get. Into I think it. it might. It's either Plato or, or Aristotle. One of them also talks about how people who should lead are the ones that often don't. And it's like because they know the responsibility and the job that comes right. to that. And that's yeah. like really giving away a lot of yourself to the responsibility of leading. It's noble if you do it the right way. Right. But it's almost impossible to do it the right way because even to it's get a, your you foot in the door everyone. in America, yeah. you need to have tons of funding. Like yeah. The one guy who, yeah. who I think is the most pure is Bernie Sanders. Yeah. He never stood a chance no. because he just didn't have the funding. Yeah. And that's just Sadly. it's just such a shitty. I don't know if other countries I have to look this up. Do they Is lobbying a American thing? I, I I don't think it's solely an American thing, no. but it's like predominantly. Yeah, American because like thing. why why in what world should politicians be able to their vote changes on? What, I still get text messages from, from Sleepy Joe asking me for money. It's like, dude, you're already in office. Like, what more do you need from me? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. It's 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 also complex. I'm I'm so I'm so uneducated in politics. I just know that Plato's idea of having a philosopher king where it rules with yeah. reason and and mm-hmm. just the best mixture of spirit, appetite, and reason yeah. would be the best way to do it as opposed to whatever. Do you feel if we brought philosopher kings into politics now they would be met with 
the same reverence as we see them, or do you think there would be more God, it debauchery would be a, and and it would be a definitely a, a period of yeah. major debauchery yeah. if somehow their laws were passed where mm-hmm. the I don't know how would that even I see my brain is already steaming yeah. coming up with a way yeah, of how right. that would happen. I guess they would yeah. you would have to have someone come in office who's a real fucking just man of his word and man of spirit, yeah, and would say, hey, I. Like they were, it's it's impossible because then they'd have yeah. to appoint like a committee to say, okay, that's what you, that's what you have to do. Appoint a right. committee, and how do you base that off? Based out of accomplishments in life, maybe you wrote philosophy books or something. Right. Yeah. You, you're an accomplished uh, speaker and all these things, and then, and then those politics, people get yeah. appointed. That's probably the best way to do it. God, it's just the more people. It's America's so big. It's just so damn hard to govern. It's like yeah. always makes me sad even getting too much into it. But very important, as Plato says. Yeah. All right, let's move on, man. A being in search of meaning. That's mm. the definition mm. of a man, which is, mm. again, it's Kurt Vonnegut. What is that? I always get the quote wrong. I'm not going to say it. But a man's lion lays down all day. The birds fly. And a man has to ponder and ask himself why or something Ooh, like that. And like it's that. it's just so true. It's like that's our that. thing. We're in search of this meaning where we talked about before with animals. There's no search of meaning as far as we know, I guess. Right. Darcy's laying down sleeping like a baby as we, as we, yeah, as we speak. Right. And she's living the life. She's not asking why. No. And, and I love it. Don't yeah. get me wrong. As a yeah. curious guy, I love to learn. I love to search. But again, it's almost okay with being like, I'm never going to know, really, yeah. probably. And that's okay. I'm just going to do the best I can. Yeah. Like, I can, like, a, a big thing I say is, like, I, I don't know. It's not agnostic, really, but I can't tell you that I know. But I can tell you that love makes the world better. Yep. I can tell you that. Rutgers had a half court shot last night to beat number one team oh, in the shit. country, yeah. and that made me super fucking happy. And yeah. that was the celebration that I saw the college kids running on the. I know that yeah. that's love, and that's amazing. I know that murdering people is wrong, mm-hmm. you know. But I, outside of that, it's very difficult. So we, that's the whole episode, kind of. I guess it's it's just that search of meaning yeah. and just being okay with that. I yeah, guess it's cool. Well, and I think too for me that comes up with that is like, I think every man's meaning is going to be a little different. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and making room for that, right? Because I feel like we're a part of a, of a society and a culture that wants to have one meaning. When it's like, there's a lot of different ways yes. of being and a lot of different meanings for everybody here. And yeah. why don't we just make room for all of that? That's, I think that slowly we're getting to a point where we're opening up to allowing I think so. that. Yeah. Things I think are getting better. Um, but I think we, the, the generation that we grew up with, know that there's a much better possibility of the way the world can be. And, it's, yes. and that's why it's so frustrating for us because it's like, I think our generation does a good job of like making space for that. Yeah. Whereas like we're being still ruled by an older generation that has a lot of different ancestral and a lot of war trauma and, and didn't a lot have of the parts of themselves they had to shut off in order to persevere and survive. And they didn't have the access to information that we do. That's what I was right. thinking about. Because yeah. a big part with my dad's side of the family, every time there seems like with them, they're good people, but there's one way of life. There's this way yeah. of life. It's and very I, black and, and white. And I said uh, a couple of years ago, I was living in California. I looked my aunt in the eye. And I said, there's a million different ways to live life. Okay. Yeah. Just because like it's comfortable for you to live in this one. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Don't push it on me. Like I'm right. going to have, I'm not going to live. You should do this, 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 and this. Well, no, I'm not, <laughs> And because you said that, I'm not going to do less. Yeah, right. the opposite of that, right. and it's going to be okay. And then if you open your eyes and look about what's going around in the world in Africa, Australia, there's a million different ways yep. to live life, and they're all fine as long as you're not hurting anyone. In my opinion, yeah, it's yeah. it's difficult, but I think that's really important. Again, I think it is changing with our generation. Again, yeah, I think the the even what you can you know realizing that 
feelings you're hurting of other people is yeah. very important now. The inclusion mm-hmm. is so important. Even like early 2000s when I was in high school, it was like the faggot was tossed around all, all the time. The time. Yeah. It, it was like, and I didn't even, I would say it all the time yeah. and I, I feel guilty, but also I didn't think twice about a, a homosexual when I said it, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So it's very difficult, but understanding that just because you, your intent again was good. It doesn't always mean it, it is good it to put out into harm. the world. Yeah. And I think yeah. our generation kind of sees that mm-hmm. and says, Oh no, no, you can talk this, this, and this. And you can, you have to navigate between people and accept people as long as they're not yeah. hurting. And it seems to be an, an awesome thing about our yeah, it's, society. It's important. And now forward, we have hopefully. the, uh, the, uh, the opportunity to educate ourselves in those ways. Yeah. Which is, I think a, a double-edged sword. It's like we have all of that at our fingertips, but will we uh, will we muster up the the audacity and the motivation to do it? Because it's yeah, like now that it's so easy to do, it kind of takes away the motivation or the or the desire, or the yearning to search mm, for it. Good point. In my experience. Yeah. No, I like that. All right, a couple more. There are two things a person should never be angry at: what they can help and what they cannot. It's kind of it's kind of saying if you're angry at something you can change, yeah. direct that emotion into changing it. Don't just sit and stew over it. Right. And if you can't change it, gotta let it go. Yeah. And we've said this a few times already today. Acceptance, very powerful tool. And this reminds me of the prayer that we were taught in Catholic high school. Again, there's some amazing things about Catholicism. Yeah. I'll say it right now. It's God grant me the yeah. serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace. Mm. Taking, as Jesus did, the sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that you, the capital Y, you will make <laughs> things all, all things right if I surrender to your will so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. Okay, too dogmatic with the yous and the yours from the, the, the Catholic religion, but the message is beautiful, don't you yeah, think? Yeah. It's very hard. I didn't really grow hard up for Catholic, me. and my mom always said that. Yeah, it's, it applies there. That was kind of yeah. my point. It applies to all religion, all spirits, all, all that kind yeah. of thing, because it's accepting the things I cannot change. I remember, again, I probably brought this up in the podcast before. There was a moment in an Atlantic City casino parking lot, drunk, and I was just sitting in the parking lot. I was like, I got to accept the things that I can't change. There was a girl troubles, friend troubles. There was a bunch of things. I was like, I need to just accept this and move the fuck on. And since then, I don't know what happened that night. Maybe it was the tequila or whatever. I've I've been more like, yeah, okay, I'm accepting of this and this happens and I can't change it. What can I change? What can I control right now? And I'll, I'll work on that. Yeah, and I think to that prior too, it almost it almost always comes back to you, right? To what can I do to adapt to the situation? It's about my attitude, my beliefs, my. We're in control of so little, right? right? But there's some things that you can control: how you treat people, how mm-hmm. you know what you what you put up for yourself. Right. Those kind of things are, are things that I, I needed to accept, I think, yeah. and I've done a pretty good job, and it's pretty important. Because yeah. you can't, there's all, there's going to be things that happen, tragedy that happens to you constantly. And there's nothing, there's going to feel, be help, feelings of helplessness. Yeah. And instead of pushing against it, trying to control, letting go of that control, letting go and just seeing the truth is probably your, your path to healing yeah. and to, and to growing. Yeah. And I think it's also part of this beautiful human experience, right? The tragedies, the triumphs, like it all comes packaged in this gift, which when life gets heavy and hard, it's hard to view those things as a gift and as a, mm-hmm. as a, a beautiful thing but as i've kind of as i'm kind of crawling out of that now uh, there was somebody who said this to me i can't remember who it was but it was in greek times they were talking about um how the gods were jealous of humans because humans are mortal and this whole experience of life for us is that much sweeter yes it ends and because the emotional fluctuation that we get to experience right. whereas a god is just like flat and consistent i've always fa- thought about like, that this is this is, we're here for the ride this is what we signed up for yeah and this like, is the 
You're in for the dips and you're in for the peaks. Like Like, the God comes to here to experience the universe of itself that he cannot experience anymore. And that's how kind of how I've thought about it too, which is fascinating. And I I absolutely believe that. Yeah. All right. Two more. People are like dirt. They can either nourish you and help you grow as a person or they can stunt your growth and make you wilt and die. (laughs) You can tell you can tell who's on your side. It's it's not always super easy, but I'm pretty good at being able to tell. I've been recently making more stands in my relationships where if you don't want to help me either enjoy the present or help me grow, Uh you got to go. I expect the same out of myself in relationship, to be honest. You know what I mean? It's 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 hard as you get older to have relationships and to do the right thing and talk in therapy a lot about how important it is to identify your needs identify mm-hmm. your boundaries and set them and it's, yeah. it's hard it's a hard it thing but it's hard. part of the process um, to do it you gotta let if you, you can get brought down there's been so many times in my life where i'm like i shouldn't be hanging out with this person i'm sure people have said that about yeah. me too where I, yeah. you're bringing them down whether it's whether i'm right or wrong about either way uh you can you gotta kind of cut those people out and, and, and just kind of have faith that the right people will surround you eventually yeah, yeah. difficult i think uh, that brings two things to mind is being very conscious about how you feel after hanging out with a particular person it's like you come home feeling lit up or do yeah. you come home and you're like oh i'm fucking drained yeah, and exhausted. Well, yeah what just happened or and then the other thing that um kind of plays off of what you were just alluding to there is um oh shit i'm losing it i lost a couple <laughs> before this is tough and i gotta write down i need like a notepad yeah this podcast. There's there's a lot. Like we're three or four things right it goes so fast uh, it's good is it coming it. back i don't know if it will if it does i'll, I'll let all right it cool we got the last one here um it comes from the show yellow jackets have you heard of this yet no it's uh it's a new on showtime i'm already hooked it's like uh it's lost meets mean girls meets lord of the fries what it, lord of the flies not lord of the fries <laughs> although that'd be a funny fries, movie yeah. too probably uh it's actually based in new jersey which i love oh, of course cool. uh, new jersey girls varsity soccer team that has a plane crash in the canadian wilderness oh shit and it's dark <laughs> it's really dark because Maybe you've seen a preview for this. probably there's hints that they're going to be turned to cannibalism pretty soon oh shit which was we covered in our previous episode so yeah. go check that one yeah. out but anyway the show is really good so far i love the acting and the writing and the direction but there's this one nerdy girl who of course i'm in love with already uh she quotes plato and it's a sad scene it's before the flight and this really mean girl calls her and she picks up and she says no one would do anal with you because you're ugly is the answer would it be (laughs) and the nerdy girl's response is well i don't care about your opinion because opinion is the wilderness between knowledge and ignorance Ooh. and of course i fell in love with her right when she said that right because that's a plato quote yeah i was like all right i love this crazy girl and, uh, yeah she's in high school but in, in this scene <laughs> but there's a bunch of flash forward scenes played by the uh, sexy christina ricci so it's okay, okay. she's right. cute and confident <laughs> batshit crazy which is a great combo anyway how do you feel about about that quote i think that's powerful and i think it's um a lesson that i kind of repeatedly have to kind of come back to i can easily get caught up in other people's perceptions and thoughts of me um, and that needing, especially as I've embarked on the journey of like starting a coaching business and doing podcast interviews and really putting myself out there, that kind of came back into my atmosphere. Mm. So I've had to really rein it back in of like, I'm speaking my truth. And if my truth doesn't align for somebody, that's, that's their thing. Not right. mine. And I am who I am and your opinion of me. I think one of my favorite quotes that I come back to a lot is what somebody else thinks of you is none of your business. Yes, I hear that one a lot. It's so goddamn true because we talk about it all the time in all my podcasts. I'll say like everyone has their own filter. You're seeing their opinion of you Uh is themselves through you. So there's really no, there's a very limited amount of truth. So Mm -hmm. I love this girl stood up for herself and was able to say in, in Plato's, quote that opinion is a, it's so beautiful opinion is the wilderness between knowledge and yeah. ignorance and yeah. it's opinions not it's not based on anything it's like uh-uh. you can't take other people's opinions as knowledge or 
is factual right. because it's just an opinion. It's the bush, man. Important. It's the bush. Yeah, for real, for real, for real. All right, fucking awesome episode, Max. What else is new? Uh, any last thoughts or words on this uh, beautiful winter first day? It's not winter technically yet, but it's snowing outside. We're, we're so close. Pretty <laughs> awesome. No, nothing else comes to mind. This was this was awesome. It's yeah. just good to be back and good to having these conversations. Great. So hopefully next week we can do a Christmas episode. Maybe yeah. we'll bring you some of our favorite songs. Maybe we'll have an old segment. Who knows? Anything's possible in the world of philosophy. So please, uh, you can go back if you haven't listened to the other episodes. They're not in any kind of linear. I guess this one is because it's Plato Part One and Two. Mm-hmm. But they're all gonna. They're all really interesting. They're all a lot of fun. So please go back, listen, like, subscribe. You can email us, tell me what you like, what you didn't like. Reach us on Instagram. Do whatever. But Uh, Keep listening, keep learning, keep laughing, keep loving. Love it. All right, see you next time, guys.